Well, today I want to share with you about journeying with others in search of Jesus Christ. And I love that scripture in Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, For a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you know, there's many today who find the whole picture of Jesus, a little baby in a manger, someone, someone who's going to impact the world and save the world, absolutely ridiculous. Let's face it, how can a little baby make any difference to your circumstances? And the whole, the whole idea just seems ludicrous. But you know, a farmer or a gardener knows when they hold a seed, they know the potential there is in that for planting crops, for plants and a forest and what can grow. And yet the most important person in history to arrive in the world, Jesus Christ, was still and was and is still sneered at because they just don't realise that he was more than just a baby. Jesus' life was supernatural, right from his point of conception by the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit to his resurrection by his heavenly Father after his death on a cross. You see, God didn't send his son, Jesus, to earth all those years ago as a superstar or someone who was so out of touch with humanity, he was no earthly good at all. He started small with a baby. He allowed his son to experience life as a human being with all our struggles and all our emotions. And while Jesus chose to limit himself to what we are as earthly people, he also demonstrated what life can be like when you allow yourself to have a relationship with God, with the life-changing power that is available to each one of us, not only for your own life, but to be able to help others. So let's look at those who first journeyed in search of Jesus. And it was the shepherds. And Luke 2 verses 8 to 16, we read in the Bible, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to the God in the highest heaven, peace on earth with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Can you imagine just for a moment what it must have been like for the angels? I mean, uh, out in the, the, sorry, not for the angels, for the shepherds. They're out in the field and out of nowhere comes this angel. I mean, talk about, I, I don't have that happen. Little less a vast host of them. No one had time to catch it on Instagram. Oh, the sense of awe that must have been there 
when, they, when that angel appeared. You know, just like being a tradie or being a shepherd or com- was such common, yet you had to be skilled, but it was a common form of work back then. Yet in the normality of everyday work, angels just visited them. You know, no matter how mundane you may feel your life is, God can always visit you right where you are. You never know when something special is about to happen in your life, no matter what your age or what your circumstances. And I hope it motivates you to be in search of Jesus. Well, let's look at those who journeyed next in search of Jesus. It was the Magi, the wise men. In Matthew 2, verses 1 to 2, we read, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now the Magi were referred to here as wise men because they had studied many things. In our current times, they probably would have had many degrees after their names. So we see here that apart from the common shepherds journeying to see in search of Jesus, that very educated men also needed to see him. And you know, no matter what your background, we all have a need to search for Jesus. There is nothing to show that there were ever three wise men at all, only that they bought three gifts. And I like to sometimes imagine that there were just two of them. I've been brought up always three wise men, but I like to think as I've got older that there were just two of them. And having a spirit of generosity, they bought over and above as they worshipped Jesus. And what I love about this is how the Heavenly Father always takes care of the little details. The gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh that these wise men had bought would have been worth a lot financially. And when an angel appeared again to Joseph, warning him and instructing him to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt, they wouldn't have had enough time to save money at all if saving was even an option at the time because it was a long journey they were going to do. And Joseph and Mary, they were a poor family, as evidenced later in the book of Luke. And we see by the sacrifice that they bought when they presented Jesus in the temple. And God's heart is always to provide for his children and to care for their needs. It's definitely expressed here. These expensive gifts of worship that the wise men bought may have paid for the journey to Egypt and a new life in a strange land. These wise men journeyed in search of Jesus and God used them to help others in the process. Maybe you can be an instrument of God that he can use to help others in their search for Jesus or in their situation. But you know, there was one more person who was in search of Jesus and it was King Herod. King Herod could not cope that there would have been someone more important than him. He felt powerful and he wasn't going to give that power up to anybody else. It's interesting, you know, that he was afraid of a little child, a little baby. I mean, seriously, I think he might have had some insecurity issues here. Let's read in Matthew 2 verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream. 
Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. You see, Herod's pride kept him from discovering someone who could change his life for the better. Does your pride keep you from searching for Jesus? Jeremiah, who prophesied at the time of Judah's destruction by the Babylonians and their subsequent exile, tells us that God wants to be found. The obstacle is never the elusive nature of the Lord, but an issue of our own attitude. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 to 14 says, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you will look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In another translation, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek with me with your, all your heart. Janice May Deterre said, Christmas isn't so much about opening presents as opening our hearts. And I'd like to say as opening our hearts to Jesus. Corrie Tem Boone, reflecting on her experiences in a concentration camp, reminds us when she says, what a train, what a train goes through a, sorry, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit and still trust the engineer. And you know, it's not our situation for which we offer thanks. It's the one who accompanies us in our situation that we praise. Jesus himself was taken outside Jerusalem and he was crucified on a garbage heap. You know, God can always be found in the accumulated rubbish in our lives. No matter how much you feel your life is like a garbage heap and you will never amount to anything. That same resurrection power that raised Jesus off the garbage heap of our sins can resurrect your life and set you in a direction that has a future and a hope. In Romans 8, Verse 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies the same, by the same Spirit living within you. And perhaps you may say, Oh, well, I've known Jesus for years. I'm not in search of Him. And that might well be true. But how easy it is for others of us when we're going through something that we lose our focus because we're so consumed with our circumstances and what's going on that we lose focus of Jesus and we actually need to go in search of him right in our situation. We need to be able to find him. What life does to us in the long run depends on what life finds in us. So often in life, it's not the actions of others that break us, but our reaction to the actions of others. People are trying to find their satisfaction in ritualism, but it can only be found in a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness. He will have the light that gives life. And often people feel so guilty about what they have done or what's been done to them that they run away from Jesus instead of running into his arms, the one who only truly longs to love them and help them and heal them. 
Jesus isn't here with a big stick ready to punish you for what you've done or what's happened to you. He is constantly here wanting to help you, forgive you and free you up and heal you because he, and he wants you to be able to do all that he originally created for you to do and created for you to be. The very costly gift of giving us his only son, Jesus, to take on the full weight and penalty of our sins and die on a cross for us was the only thing that God could do that would put right things again. Jesus took on all our muck so our slate could be wiped clean. In Psalm 86 verse 5, it says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. And the incredible thing about God's mercy and his love and forgiveness towards us is it's not based on what we deserve and how we've acted and what we've done. It's based on how big our God is and how he doesn't want us to live in a place of smallness, bound and restricted. He wants us to live in a place of largeness, living expansive lives, making a difference for good in the lives of others and also living in a relationship for eternity with him. You know, the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead. On the third day, God raised him up from the dead. So now we can have a relationship with a living, victorious Saviour who has defeated the powers of darkness and death and can show us how to walk in light and victory and total freedom. How good is that? I'd just like us to stop and just reflect on our walk with God and our search for Jesus at the moment and where our relationship stands. Can you focus on Jesus? Are you able to focus on him in your circumstances or do you need to search for him? 